0: Remembering is what we do today. Memorial Day is a day of remembering those that have given the sacrifice of their life. Veterans Day is where we remember those who have just served in some way. But Memorial Day is when we remember those who have sacrificed at all. We do have a few family members in our church family that have experienced uh, that and know It's been said a lot, but it's true that freedom is not free, and um, the uh, privileges that we have in this country had to be fought for uh, many times, and so we do remember uh, those that have fallen uh, in the fight for freedom. Um, A couple of those pictures up there showed um, a uniformed officer presenting a flag to um, usually a widow, it could be a widower, obviously. Um, I've never been at the burial of a, uh, someone who was killed in battle, but I have been at many burials of those who have served. And um, Many times they'll have an uh, honor guard there and they'll play taps in a 21-gun salute or something like that, but then um, there'll be a flag that is folded and presented to usually the widow. And the words there will always impact me very much. So, um, and I don't know the whole thing because I usually don't get past the first phrase. But that uniformed officer will kneel before um, the widow, usually, with that flag. And the words that are said, on, he says, On behalf of the President of the United States and a grateful nation. And that's always been very impactful words. Uh, for me. So, so, so impactful that I forget, I don't even hear the rest of it because those words just always usually nail me. So um, we do remember those that have fallen. This is a day of remembering. Um, Memorial Day when we remember and memorialize those that have gone before. At the end of this service, um, you'll see scrolling during our offering, you'll see scrolling of some people that uh, have died uh, in our church family uh this year and we'll scroll those uh tradition to do that for our memorial day um, uh, role and you'll see that uh, those aren't uh military people just people who have died in the past year and the year for us would be from uh, june 1 to may 31st because that's kind of the way our church year runs but as we remember we remember the good things and it's easy to remember the good things and that's very important to remember the good things. But it's also important not to have rose colored glasses and to remember things in our lives that have not been good, that maybe should have been better. If some people tell you they forget the past, uh, I kind of think that's foolish. We don't forget the past, we learn from the past. And uh, to totally forget the past would be to re- repeat the mistakes that have been made in the past. And when we talk about family, it's right and good to finish this family series um, talking about legacies. And many times we talk about legacies that are positive, and many of you have been in great families that have left you a positive legacy. But the truth of the matter is, everyone is not raised in those kind of families. And the legacy that some folks have inherited have not been as positive as some of us have. Two weeks ago when I preached on uh, honor your father and mother, I think I may have told you this last week, I got one text that simply says I honor my mother. And there's a lot of hurt in that text. A lot of hurt in that text and I respect that and know the difficulty that that message brings. Um, and this message in some way will bring some of the same difficulties because one thing that you need to talk about in families is breaking the cycle and there's a cycle of dysfunction sometimes that can get passed on from generation to generation and dysfunction is just something that is not as it should be it's not as it is in its original state or what is intended to be and we all have we all have dysfunctional families to some degree uh, there's no family that's perfect, but some families have dysfunction that's been passed on from father to grandfather and so forth and so on. And many times those things get repeated if, unless someone steps up and says, that stops here. And when we're talking about putting the pieces of the family together and trying to solve the puzzle that is family, one of those things is trying to break some of the cycles, that the negative things that have been passed down and families from generations to generations and we'll spend a little time on that um, this passage of scripture that I will bear down on this morning I have taught it several places before I think about six years ago I taught it here and probably should have come back to it before now but um, six years ago when we did that I um, started had the band play and Brandon would have been here then and band play uh, the song that was recorded in 76 or 77, Cats in the Cradle and some of you are old enough to remember this, the kids down here have no clue what we're talking about down here and certainly don't know who Harry Chapin was but you're going to see a little bit of him right now and it talks about some influences in the family not in the most positive way, can we play that please (laughs)
1: Child arrived just the other day He came to the world in the usual way But there were planes to catch and bills to pay He learned to walk while I was away And he was talking for I knew it And as he grew, he'd say I'm gonna be like you, Dad You know I'm gonna be like you And the cat's in the cradle and a seal was spoon. Little boy blue and the man in the moon Coming home, Dad, I don't know when we'll get together then, son. You know we'll have a good time then. Well, my son turned 10 just the other day. He said, thanks for the ball, Dad, come on, let's play. Can you teach me to throw, I said, not today, I got a lot to do, he said, that's okay. And then walked away, but his smile never dimmed. It said, I'm gonna be like him, yeah. You know I'm gonna be like him. And the cats in the cradle and a silver spoon. Little boy, blue and the man in the moon. When you're coming home, Dad, I don't know when. But we'll get together then, son. You know we'll have a good time then. the other day So much like a man I just had to say Son, I'm proud of you Can you sit for a while? He shook his head And he said with a smile What I'd really like, Dad Is to borrow the car keys See you later Can I have them, please? And the cat's in the cradle And a silver spoon a Little boy blue And the man on the moon When you're coming home, son I don't know when We'll get together then yeah. You know we'll have a good time then Ooh. Ooh. well i've long since retired my son's moved away i called him up just the other day And the cat's in the cradle and a silver spoon Little boy blue and the man in the bone When you're coming home, son, I don't know when But we'll get together then, that You know we'll have a good time then
0: And, um... I think we all understand the truth that is in that song. Um, And we know it, but uh, if you're anything like me, we don't always know it. And that's a big difference between those two knowings. I'm not sure Harry Chapin even knew it, because um, four years later, um, 1981, he was killed in a car accident rather mysterious circumstances about that. Witnesses say that it was like in New York, New Jersey or something, and he was in his Volkswagen Rabbit. He was a little bit of a hippie, I guess. Not that you're a hippie if you drive a Volkswagen Rabbit. But. <laughs> um, it starts swerving on the road and kind of radically going in from lane to lane, and this would have been in New York or New Jersey, and there would probably been three, four, five lanes or something. And uh, just really erratically and uh, eventually continued to swerve and um, got rammed in the back by an 18-wheeler and killed him. And um, people thought that he had some kind of a medical episode. And it is kind of mysterious, but there was no heart attack or his heart was good on the autopsy. And his um, daughter said he just never, ever slept because he was always working and so the speculation would be did he fall asleep? I don't know. I guess I don't know. But It's one thing to sing a song and write a song and applaud for a song and appreciate it. It's another thing to actually be able to put the truth of that to work in your life. The Bible talks many places about how characteristics that can be bred into a family, both positive characteristics and both negative characteristics and um, whether you want to pass on a positive characteristic or whether you want to stop a negative characteristic it certainly takes intentionality um, takes probably more intentionality to stop some kind of a negative cycle in your life and when I talk about negative cycles I'm not only talking about divorce I'm not talk I'm only talking about alcoholism I'm not only talking about uh, just family issues Uh, that can be passed from generation to generation. I can be talked about things that maybe could be considered more minor, but I'm not sure if at least this example would be. Maybe you inherited a type of Christianity in a family that was a rules-based Christianity, that you better not do this, and you better not go there, and you better not say that, and you better not say this. And that is not the biblical type of Christianity. And you, you one day woke up to that and realized that the type of faith that my mom and dad had is not the type of faith that I want or certainly I want to pass on to my family. And you would have had to say something like, I want to stop that right here. And that's what I'm referring to as breaking the cycle. Because if the cycle is not broken, it just stays on cruise control and it just continues to go throughout families. Unless something happens and it takes off cruise control and a choice is made um, that goes, that takes a family in a different uh, direction. That choice can be something as simple as, or maybe this is not a simple example, I don't know. Uh, in, the, in the first service, before the first service, I had a lady say to me that she was at her um, daughter's college graduation daughter was a little older, I think at 32, graduated from college, and she said with a big smile on her face, is the first person to graduate in our family. And she was duly proud of that. Now that can be a breaking of the cycle in a positive way. Not that a college education is an end all and going to ensure everything in your life, but she was very proud that, there, that hopefully this daughter was putting something in the family that had not been put there before. My mom and dad were the first Christians in our family. We, we were a church-going family, but no one ever saw anything out of that from Monday through uh, Saturday anyway. And, but my mom and dad got literally saved, and that changed our family. And uh, our family was drastically different than the family my dad or my mom was raised in and continue to go back those generations. But the thing is, even though that changed... For our family, if my brother and I don't pass that along, it will revert back. It's not something that just stays on cruise control. And it can revert back to a previous way unless it's intentionally uh, passed on. The Bible talks about this in a myriad of places, about how cycles can be broken. And I could spend all afternoon taking you through the kings of Israel and, and how they did not walk in the ways of their father even last week i think we quoted a scripture talking about solomon uh, who who let his wives divert his heart and i think the scripture said in 11 one of first kings so he was not fully devoted to the lord because of the distraction and the direction that his wives took him in and um so there's a whole lot of biblical data but i just want to focus on two scriptures and basically just one passage after I introduce this passage to you. I've preached many times on this passage. It's one of my favorites. We have preached a series back when I first started here based on this and preached about eight weeks on this. But in Deuteronomy chapter 30, the Bible says, and this is Moses' The prophet of the Lord speaking the words of the Lord. It's in Deuteronomy, so that means they're getting ready to go into the promised land. So God is repeating the law. Deuteros means two, namos means law. It's the second giving of the law. They're getting ready to go in a land of milk and honey. Before they do that, God sees fit to lay out the law to them again. Okay, the Ten Commandments. See, I said before you today, life and prosperity, death and destruction. Here, I've said it before you now. This is a way that you can have life and prosperity... Or it's a way, if you don't make those choices, you can have death and destruction. And that the Lord's speaking that through the prophet Moses, okay? For I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in obedience to Him, and to keep His commands, decrees, and laws. Then you will live and increase, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land that you're getting ready to go into and possess, okay? But if your heart turns away... And you are not obedient. And if you are drawn away to bow down to other gods and worship them. Verse 18. I declare to you this day that you will certainly be destroyed. You will not live long in the land that you are crossing the Jordan to enter and possess. Uh, you will certainly be destroyed. And that, we saw that happen to the nation of Israel as other nations came in. And overtook them and in war overthrew them because the nation was not obedient. Um, Verse 19. This day I call heaven and earth as witnesses against you that I have set before you life and death. Blessings. Here's a way that you can live that will take you to life and death. That will take you to life, will take you to blessings, or will take you to curses and will take you to death. It's, it's It's your call. And, and then, then after that, we have three of the most precious words in all Scripture to me. Uh, we do not have a God that is just up there in this heavenly home that spun this world into existence and um, then just kind of, well, I wonder what they're going to do down there. No, this God says, now choose life as the God that we serve. Now choose, he will not pull you over that line of decision He'll set the table for you. He will convict you if necessary. He'll set things up for you, but he is pulling for you. I've often said if if God has a refrigerator, your picture is on it. Now choose life. And if you choose life so that you and your children may live and that you may love the Lord your God, listen to his voice and hold fast to him. For the Lord is your life and he will give you many years. If you make the right choices, he will give you many years in the land he swore to give to your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Uh, God does not want to be a divine puppeteer in the sky. He's God, and he could have been. And he could have orchestrated Everything if He chose to. Because He's God. I assume that God can do that, I guess. But He wanted us not to be mere puppets. He wanted us to be free will agents created in His image that would come to us of our own free will. And the longer that I live, the more, the more crucial that is to what we believe as Christians. And how our life works out. He did not want us to be puppets that he could orchestrate. And so passages like that talk to about make your choices here. You are a person of free will. Now the passage that I'm going to bear down on today comes from the book of Joshua. Joshua was the leader that succeeded Moses and Joshua is at the end of his time of leadership. Some people say this is a deathbed thing for Joshua. We don't know that for sure, but no question that it's to the end of his life. And this statement that we're going to read from Joshua is when he had the leaders of the nation of Israel together. And so near the end of his life, Joshua, the successor of Moses, they've been in the promised land now for a while, and Joshua now saying near the end of his life to the leaders of the nation, this very familiar verse, Okay. Now fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods your ancestors worshipped. Other translations will say, throw away the gods your forefathers worshipped. So in in the way that you used to live back here, the way your fathers lived, the way your grandfather and great-grandfathers lived, you need to leave that way. You need to break that cycle. You need to go a different way. Throw away the gods, your ancestors. And when he said throw away, he literally meant throw away because they were idol worshipers. And so they had all kinds of idols that they worshiped. And so he says throw them away. He literally means throw them away. Throw away your gods, your ancestors, worship beyond the Euphrates River in Egypt and serve the Lord. But, Joshua says, it's your call. I can't make this decision for you. You're a person of free will and you're going to do what you want to do. I can encourage you. I can pray for you. But you're going to do what you want to do. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourself this day whom you're going to serve. Whether the gods your ancestors served, beyond the Euphrates or the God of the Amorites in whose land you are now living. Next verse. In whose land you are living. Then he says words that some of us have in our homes. Uh, we have a little plaque in our home. And I would imagine some other people in our church have that as well. We have a little plaque that basically says, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Joshua twenty four fifteen. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. How are cycles broken in your families? How has stuff that's been passed on from generation? some may be really, really bad, okay? And some may be not quite outwardly as bad, but still cause damage along the way. How can those things that have been passed on in our generations, how can it be broken? Well, it takes someone stepping up to the plate and saying, as for me and my house, y'all can do what you want to do. I can't make you do anything. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I, I, even, though, even though my forefathers worshipped idols, even though my forefathers were pagan idol worshippers, as for me and my house, we're coming off cruise control and we're going a different way. Now, as those Joshua 24, 14, and 15, those words are or heard, and you, you read those and heard me say those, don't you hear responsibility in those words? What, what does it take to break cycles in families? Cycles that may be really bad, like drug and alcoholism and, and all of that, or cycles that may not be as bad as that, but you don't want to pass it on to your sons or daughters. And you may see some of that remnant in in your spirit that maybe you got from your mom and dad. And it's not the best of things. And this in no way puts down our mom and dads. This in no way puts down our mom. This this doesn't mean that we don't have respect for our mom and dads. You know what it means? It means we have a brain. It, It means we have a brain. And there are some things that happened in our families that were really good. But I'm honest enough and thinking person enough to say, But there were some things that shouldn't have happened. And that stopped with my family. I imagine my boys will say when they get married and have kids, there were some things that Mark and Sue did that we're not going to bring into our family. And all, all generations should do that. It has nothing to do with a lack of respect for your mom and dad. It has nothing to do with your love for your mother and father. It means you have a brain And you can look at things objectively. And for you to break those cycles means you have to take responsibility. And not just think that somehow I'm a victim of my circumstances. Now some people have had very difficult circumstances in their life. Um, Circumstances that a lot of us can't even relate to. And there's been a deep hole dug for them in their life. And some of that depth of that hole has nothing to do with their own doing. Some of it obviously would have something to do with their own de- doing. But mom and dad or grandma and grandpa had a role in digging that home for some people. And, and there's no question that that hole is difficult to dig out of. But it starts. If you're going to dig out of it, it starts. It starts was saying, I'm responsible for my own actions. I'm responsible for my own life. And from this point on, something is different in our family. Now, if that hole was a deep hole, man, let me tell you something. You didn't get in that hole overnight, and you're not going to get out of it overnight. It's, it's going to be a struggle to get out of it. And it may be the rest of your life to dig out of that hole. But what a marvelous gift that you would give to other generations in your family. I don't want to demean. I don't want to demean things that have been passed on to you. Either by ritual or in your DNA. I don't want to demean that in any way. But with the grace of God and your resolution... To say, as for me and my house, cycles can be broken in your family. I've seen it happen too many times. But, if I think somehow I have perpetual victimhood because of who my family is, I will not take responsibility and I will not be able to crawl out of that hole. I've been... I've been running food banks for as long as I've been a pastor. our very first church that we had in Georgia, we ran a food bank in a neighboring community. And, and one of the most frustrating things about running food banks is, is you see many times the same people week after week after month after month after year after year. And I can't judge them and know what's in their spirit but I wonder is there this like victim mentality this is the way it's been in our family or maybe even more important than that they don't have a vision for something different. They can't imagine their family. Most of us in here were given a vision by our parents of a better way to live but everybody has not been given that vision and their vision is of a Life that is far different than what is talked about in the great American dream. But if that's going to be realized in an economic way, in an educational way, and more importantly in a spiritual way, it takes somebody stepping up, being responsible, and saying, as for me and my house, it stops here. Well, that's a lot easier preaching than done, Mark. I know it is. But you tell me where else it stops. Does it st- and I, I, I appreciate all the government agencies that we have that, that help people. But is it the government that's supposed to do that? The government can't make that choice for you. The government or church can give you a box of food. The government can give you a check. The government can provide you with some housing. But there's nobody that can make you say, as for me and my Lord, as for me and my house. We will serve the Lord. That's a personal decision that everyone has to take responsibility for. You want to break the cycle? Whether that cycle is something real huge or whether that cycle is not a huge thing, but it's just not something you want to pass on. It starts with taking personal responsibility and it stops right here. The, The text says... As for me and my house, as for me and my house, and let me give you a five-minute review of last week, right? We talked last week about not being unequally yoked from Second Corinthians chapter 6 and how important that is to solve in the puzzle that is family. Joshua says, but as for me and my house, you want to break the cycle? (laughs) You need a united family and especially a united spouse. It's not totally 100% impossible to be able to do it on your own, but you have a hard road to go if you don't have a spouse that is united with you in that. You are like we talked about last week. You are yet you got two animals that are tied to a yoke and one is going this direction and one is going that direction and it's just plain hard. By the grace of God, it's not impossible. But you have a deeper hole to dig out of. As for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. So if you just want a little PS on last week, there it is had a lady come up to me and she was approaching me after the service and she was walking to me and you know you can kind of tell when people want to talk to you so she got to me and I kind of put my hands on her shoulders and I know this lady is unequally yoked we've had conversations about that and I said I would really like to know how this message hit you and she said pastor if you need someone to come in and talk to a young couple who's contemplating an unequally yoked marriage, I would be happy to do that. She says, I love my husband. And he will be my husband to the day that he dies. But if you need someone, a real life story, to tell you of the difficulties of an unequally yoked marriage, I'd be happy to help you with that. How do you break the cycle? This stops here. This will not be passed on to my children. You have to take responsibility for your actions. And then if you have a united household, me and my house, man, the... the the digging out of that hole is a whole, whole lot easier. One other thing that's in that passage that at least I hear in that passage as Joshua says, y'all do what you want. If, you, if it's undesirable for you to, to, to worship the true God and you want to go back to worship the gods beyond the rivers, you go do that. But as for me in my house, see, I hear determination in those words. And just because the grace of God will be there with you, and just because the grace of God will be there helping you and, 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 and encouraging you along the way does not mean that breaking cycles is an easy thing. Some of you would be working against generations. Some of you would be working against the DNA that has been implanted in you. Maybe I shouldn't say this, but I, I'm going to. Levi was adopted, obviously, as was Christopher. Levi had two alcoholic parents. Is that going to show up one day in his life? The, what's in you is real. I know that. It's what's real but you just can't tell me the grace of God cannot. The grace of God, our resiliency, our resolution, our determination cannot overcome that. I've seen, I've seen in our family, going back three and four generations, I've seen in our family mental disease get passed on. It has to be a DNA thing seen it happen I can I can call you the names of great grandfather my memo was just she wasn't right DNA is real, but by the grace of God combined with our resiliency and our determination, that can be broken it can be lessened and so a lesser part of that gets passed on and then a lesser part of that gets passed on and then a lesser part of that gets passed on and, and maybe by the grace of God, and I don't understand DNA, but maybe it can diminish along the way. But it starts with somebody saying, as for me in my house. It starts with one couple saying, it is going to be different from here on. So where are you today? I hope that most of you were blessed like I was to have people that taught you about responsibility and encouraged you to find the right spouse, not only one that you were attracted to, but one that had more important things than looks because of what the verse said last week, uh, good looks are fleeting. (laughs) One that taught you determination. My dad every now and then would say, Son, sometimes you just got to grit your teeth. He says, sometimes you just got to grit your teeth. Maybe there's things in your parenting that you're realizing that your kids are picking up on from you that you don't think is the best thing that you want to pass on and maybe someone needs to sit down with kids and say listen i'm sorry but we're going to be different from here what you have seen or what you have heard or what you have witnessed that isn't going to happen anymore because you don't want to pass that on to them And stopping the cycle does not only mean something that may have been passed on to you, but it may mean some of your own behavior that you don't want to pass on to them. I don't know where this message hits you, but it's hard to preach a message on family and solving the puzzle that is family without talking about breaking cycles. And there's just a whole lot of that that comes down to my determination and my responsibility. As for me and my house, it stops here. It will not be passed on. And there's a lots of support. There's government agencies that are the, to there to support you. There are churches there to support you, but it comes down to your choice. No pastor, as well-intentioned as he can be, can make that determination for you, can make your choices for you. No church can do that. It comes down to your choice. Our servers are coming to the table. And all those choices are covered with the grace of God. Empowered by the grace of God. But he says in James something, if you draw near to me, I'll draw near to you. And how do you draw near to God? Other than by your choices that you make in your life. Moses says, you see, I've set before you, speaking the words of the Lord, life and death, blessings and curses. (laughs) Now choose life. Wow, I just love that. Now choose life. And part of that life is the abundant life that's found through Jesus Christ. Father, I pray you take these words, these simple words. No one learned anything new today, but they were probably reminded of some things. And use them in all of our lives. And so each generation that follows behind us can be a little further along. Spiritually, economically, educationally in every way possible. And if I need to step up to make that happen, give me the grace, determination to do that and, and carry forth with it. Pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.